You may find this hard to believe, but 60 songs that explain the 90s, America's favorite poorly named music podcast is back with 30 more songs than 120 songs total. I'm your host, Rob Harvilla, here to bring you more shrewd musical analysis, poignant nostalgic reveries, crude personal anecdotes, and rad special guests, all with even less restraint than usual. Join us once more on 60 Saws That Explain the 90s every Wednesday on Spotify. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Welcome! Oh, my God. Holy Come on. shit. Come on. Did my voice just... Should we keep that as the cold open? <laughs> I'm just going to try it again. That was bad. Welcome to the Ring of Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz, and I am joined by Danny Kelly. Craig is on his honeymoon, and it's already off the rails that he's going out here. So Deke and I are just going to do a mailbag and just kind of clean out the email. Everyone who tweeted at us, thank you. So email us at ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com. I'm Danny underscore Heifetz on Twitter. Super easy to spell. We'll put it in the episode description. I'm at Danny Heifetz on Instagram. I made a threads out of peer pressure. And yeah. Deke, you're just Danny B. Kelly everywhere? I am. I haven't joined threads yet, but I need to get on that. We'll do it. Okay, I'll do it today. Is it cool? What's it like? It, uh, it's like if all the meme accounts on your Instagram feed just started tweeting. Okay, so bad? Then? I don't know. Whatever, okay. man. That's not the point. All right. Go to fantasyfootball.theringer.com. That's where we have our rankings. That's where we have our draft guide. It's That's where we got everything. So fantasyfootball.theringer.com. Email us. And we're just going to go through the mailbag so we can jump right in. Question we got from... <laughs> People email us, we have their names, and then Twitter, it's like their handle. So it's like, from Samuel, am I totally blasted for considering taking Travis Kelsey with the first pick? I mean, I don't think it's crazy. We haven't ranked, what, number seven overall? Like, it's not totally, you know, absurd to talk about it. I think most of the other guys above him in our rankings have at least one or two question marks attached, like Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, Cooper Cup coming off injury, Bijan Robinson's a rookie. I would say Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase are the only two guys on there that I'm like, feeling extremely, extremely confident about right now. So, no, I don't think it's wild, but it's also a little bit of a zig when everyone else is sagging. What do you think, Hybitz? Uh, I mean, probably don't, but if you want to, sure. <laughs> I think a good rule of thumb is if a person's not going to be there the next time you pick and you really want them, just take it, whatever. Like, if yeah. you don't overthink it, at the end of the day, we can't, like, perfectly predict the future if they're not going to be there. I think a reach, the definition of a reach is you take someone who, if you had waited, would have been there with a later pick. You don't ever want to take someone who's going to be there later. Kelsey won't be there when you, you know, pick at 20 or 20 or 24, or whatever. So it is what it is. Having said that, it's probably not optimal. He probably, uh, maybe I hepped him up too much. It's like, I don't know. You shouldn't be taking Kelsey first because the reality is like, you know, 
I don't know, Tyree Kill could be the first receiver to hit like 2,000 yards this year. Justin Jefferson was flirting with that pace last year. Like those guys have such a huge advantage. And then McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, like those running backs who have the biggest running back seasons are the guys who usually have like percentage-wise the best league winning ability. So, and of course the year that we hype up Kelsey as a top five pick is when he's going to get hurt for the first time. Yeah. He's going to be 33 years old. Is that how old he is? 33? I think it'll be 34, but it doesn't, all right, it doesn't, he hasn't been hurt in a decade and Jamar Chase and Cooper Cup missed more time than him last year than he has in 10 years. But if you want to do what you can, but we have him at seven for a reason. I think I actually have him a little higher than you guys. I have him top five, but I think there's Jefferson, Chase, Tyreek. Those guys are probably safer. And then Cooper Cup, depending how you feel, like just coming off a high ankle sprain, but take them wherever you want, but eh. I'm fine with it. Go for it. Yeah. You're not blasting. Flip side, this is from Tyler. Who is your absolute must avoid among the guys who are expected to be top picks? And it's like must avoid. It's like there is no, everyone being a top pick is good. Yeah. But it, DK, is there anyone that you're gun shy on in the first 10, 20 ish picks or whatever? I mean, not really, to be totally honest. I, I think if, if you, if you want to include anyone here, it's guys like Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, who, I mean, with, with Christian McCaffrey last year, it was when Elijah Mitchell was on the field with him. Uh, and was healthy when both these running backs were healthy. There was like a pretty solid, healthy uh, rotation between these two. And that like worries me a little bit. I think Christian McCaffrey, you know what I mean? He's always been the most dominant guy when it comes to a volume perspective. And if you're talking about taking him second overall, which is the context of this question, that's where it starts to worry me a little bit. I think if I'm picking at two, I'm either taking Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase or Cooper Cup. And I'm probably feeling a little, like you put it, gun shy about Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, even Bijan Robinson, who, you know, is a rookie. We haven't even seen him on the NFL field before. He's playing for Arthur Smith. So there's just a lot of question marks there. So I'd say um, any of the top running backs, if I'm picking in the top five, I'm, I'm a little bit gun shy about. Turn your mic on, Kai. We actually got an email about you. Hey, guys. What's up, Kai? We got a, which player is the closest analog to Kai's taste in food? Which, <laughs> uh, again, just... you want to remind us what you eat, Kai? <laughs> uh, go-to's turkey sandwich, just uh, turkey and bread. Um, <laughs> no, I like some good chicken dry. nuggets, chicken tenders, dry. You know, no that's kind of where I'm at. Isaiah is here in the studio with me, and Isaiah is just like oh, the nice. hand all the way up to the top of the forehead. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I'm just, it's got to be whiplash because he probably has no idea. So this is, it's tough to find out this way. Also shrimp. For some yeah, reason, is on that it's limp, shrimp list. and then like chicken tenders why. and fries, pop tarts, cereal. <laughs> so the the context of this question though is what is who is the most bland, flavorless player in fantasy football? If I it's like a dry question. turkey sandwich, it's Adam Thielen, like the Panthers. <laughs> Adam Thielen. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love this one, Adam Thielen. How old is he now? He's getting up there. He's like 33, 34. He's too. old enough that he's doing NFL Network, so he's he's, he's got one foot out the door. He's on a new team. He'll be doing bowl games soon. Rookie quarterback. This is actually good. This is a good segue because my guy is similar enough, I think, to Tyler Lockett. So I made a, I did a search the other day and I looked at the last five seasons in the NFL and the two guys that are tied at number five in total touchdown catches are Adam Thielen and Tyler Lockett. <laughs> like literally the two most boring players, receivers in the NFL, maybe. So Tyler Lockett, just let's go down the list here why he, you know, kind of fits this turkey. Just cold turkey on white bread with no no dressing, no salt, no, nothing. Uh, he's short, balding, and I can say that because I'm bald. He writes poetry. He talks incessantly about being a real estate agent, which... What do you, like, he is one or wants to be a real, a real estate, estate agent. agent? Tyler Lockett has a real estate license? Yeah. <laughs> what? So one foot out the door, maybe? 
Uh, quite possibly a virgin, or at least he's talked about <laughs> saving himself for marriage, I think. Uh, and then top five, again, in touchdown catches in the last five years. So like Kai, like turkey sandwich on white bread, it gets the job done. It gets you nutrients. Yeah. You know, it's there. I was just thinking, yeah, I was like, this is, you know, it's boring. It's not fun. It's not sexy, but it, it does what it needs to do. <laughs> you know, I'm not, not as hungry after you eating it, you know, and then I move it? on. No, he's got the alien That's saliva. All. It just like cuts through like steel or whatever. Oh my God. Wait, do you think Tyler Lockett, the secret is the virginity? Because, you know, like boxers, like they don't, yes, yes. you know, do anything physical like before <laughs> a fight. But Tyler Lockett's done that his whole life. So, I mean. Yes, I do. <laughs> I think that's the secret. Is this something like all Seahawks fans just know and like just quietly like know? Well, I don't know. I, I think I'm I'm sort of joking. I don't actually know if he's a virgin. In fact, I think he might have gotten married recently. So that's oh. probably not the case anymore. But congrats um, on the sex to Tyler Lockett. But otherwise, you know, he's just kind of a, a dorky guy, but he's elite pass catcher also. He's like freaking awesome. Um, and he's like the polar opposite in every way almost of DK Metcalf. So it's just kind of a funny contradiction or funny contrast. <laughs> DK I Metcalf say. having like three stars, three threesomes with OnlyFans models. Yeah, oh my God. Yeah. Um, oh my God. All right. So yes, yeah, so I think Tyler Lockett is my version of Kai's Not taste Not completely food. offended by this one. I'll say it. <laughs> Not going to delve too deep into that. All right. We got an email from... Um, Stoff? I don't like Stofers, but it's just Stoff. I don't know. Stoff. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Sorry, Stoff. Who would win in a fight? One <coughs> Jordan Davis sized Deuce Vaughn or three <laughs> Deuce Vaughn sized Jordan Davis. So, for context, Jordan Davis is a defensive tackle now for the Eagles who got like Heisman votes at Georgia. He is 6'6, 340 massive. pounds. Mm -hmm. And then Deuce Vaughn is a running back now in the Cowboys who is 5'6, 176 pounds. So, is that really neatly? A foot taller and almost twice as twice as heavy, right? Just a touch under exactly half. This one I had to think about quite a bit. Um, it's kind of like the mountain versus the viper, you know, like one <laughs> one side relying on sheer brute strength and size, the other side, you know, nimble, sneaky. That's what the helmet's for, so you don't get your skull crushed. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with one Jordan Davis size Deuce Vaughn. I think that would be hard to beat that. Just too powerful. How many of the small guys would you need to win? 10 is like 10, 10 yeah. to win. <laughs> I think you need to go to 10 for that for sure. Uh, have you seen Deuce Vaughn? Have you watched him play Heifetz? Well, he's he's the run. My favorite thing was there was like, I've never seen this before in any level of, of sports, but there was like a, a left tackle, like blocking for him, like engaged in a block with a defensive end. And Deuce Vaughn ran between them underneath like a child, <laughs> like a toddler. He ran underneath these two people under engaged uh, arms. And it's I, like the... Yeah, it just reminds me of like in Lord of the Rings, the hobbits are like just running around <laughs> underneath the horse's like legs and stuff. That's like Deuce Vaughn running, Deuce Vaughn. running through the line. Um, <laughs> like, Deuce Vaughn, he, he definitely Sam. like can take advantage of, you know, his his size in terms of like you literally can't see him. He's just so small and behind the line. And I'm being actually kind of being serious right now. Like that actually might be an advantage because like the defensive players just actually can't see him. He's five foot six. Well, this is real with quarterbacks. If you just sort basically any of the last few seasons by just blocked pass or batted passes with the exception of Burrow, who's always up there. It's just the really tall quarterbacks and mm. the really short quarterbacks. It's Herbert and Trevor Lawrence because they're like six, six and six, everyone six. can see where they're throwing or it's Baker Russ. It's all the short quarterbacks who can't get the ball up high enough. <laughs> so it's like, it's just the extremes. It's like no one from six, one to six, four gets their, their passes batted down. There's, there's, uh, that just reminded me when you're talking about Russell Wilson, there's one famous play. I don't even remember what season it's from a couple years ago where Russell Wilson was trying to run a sneak 
I think it was near the end zone, and and they tried to do like you know quarterback sneak where Brett, where Brady will just like reach across the goal line and you know score a touchdown because he's so tall and has such long arms. And Russell Wilson's just behind the line, like jumping up, like he can't get over his offensive lineman. So it's just he just looks look looks like a little kid like trying to That's get an a, ick. go for it's tr- truly that is the biggest ick I've ever seen. After that, I was like, I can't do this anymore with Russell. That's Wilson. an ick. Should we do the ick? We got a lot of emails about the ick. <laughs> That's a great ick. Watching Russell Wilson trying to run a sneak from behind the line of scrimmage uh, and score a touchdown, it was yeah, it was bad. <laughs> So yeah, let's do the X right now. All right, fine. Ick interlude. Ick, Ick interlude. Give, give a recap of what the X was if we didn't, if you didn't hear the episode where we talked about X. It's just like things, a small thing that a, a small thing a guy does that like instantly turns a woman off. And it could go in, in any direction, but guys probably do more of it. And so just there's things guys think turn women off, and then there are things that actually turn women off. And so we got a great email <laughs> from uh, Curtis yeah. that says my coworker's girlfriend and her roommate have a running list of X that they keep on their fridge. He took a picture of it. This was like espionage. I fucking love this, by the way. He sent the list. The list of (laughs) things that turn women off. Wearing a bike helmet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Falling in public. Which I said this to my girlfriend and my my girlfriend said to me, it's not just that. It's flex. It's when the guy trips but then looks back at the ground like incredulous (laughs) that he could trip. Like it was the ground's fault. The hell was that all about? Uh... (laughs) The list continues. It's being spun around in the barber's chair. Yeah. This is very closely related to the one that we talked about on the last show, which was wearing one of the, the, wearing the, the little capes cape from the wearing barber the little cape. shop. Uh, swimming with goggles on. Yeah, I can see that. Seeing green bubbles in the text. Yeah, so Android user. But this Android. is something that we got from several different people, by yeah, the way. Five people. Uh, screaming on a roller coaster. <laughs> That's good. Using Band-Aids. This one's confusing. What are you supposed to do with open cuts? I know. I'd rather just bleed everywhere. I think that's it. Just don't get hurt. What are you going like, to do? Bleed on me? Um, Scars are cool, but bleeding's not. Uh, when your feet are dangling on a chair or a stool. <laughs> yeah. AKA short. I like the feet dangling on a chair stool. This reminds me so much of Austin Gale in, in Sweden. We were there. And he's not like short, but this was a the very river, tall... Uh, stool that we were sitting on at a bar one night and he, he's just like swinging his feet he looks at me and he's just <laughs> I just remember he's just like I feel like so ridiculous right now <laughs> that's Russell Wilson going for the goal line we got another great one from Jacob who said uh, great ick when a guy chases a ping pong ball that's rolling on the floor <laughs> that's, so, that's so specific and I can see it 100% and this is a great one when a guy calls you and it's his mom's name because he's on his mom's phone plan that's tough. That's tough. Yeah. Is that still right. a thing? The yeah. caller ID will say you're like whoever's the person on your Yeah. Wow. That's tough. All right. Well, those are the X. So anyway, yeah. Russell Wilson not being able to reach the goal line is absolutely. I'm going to try and dig up this tweet. I'm going to try and dig up like the actual video footage of it and I'll tweet it out because it's seriously hilarious. It's the, it is a hundred percent a true ick. Uh, and I think that was maybe when things turned. Well, there was that play and then there was one other play. And I but lost to the Super Bowl. No, well that well, that was tough, but that wasn't so much. <laughs> I like of that your ick. mind repressed the memory, like you skipped over that. There was one play where he like tried to spin away from a sack like three times, and then eventually ended up throwing the ball backwards out of bounds. Yeah, and I think that yes. was like the distinct point in time when Seahawks fans were like, "Okay, <laughs> I think that I think we're good. I think I'm done. That's fine. Move on." The SpongeBob meme. All right, I'm gonna head out. <laughs> Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. 
Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. This is from NC. Uh, who are the biggest boomer bust wide receivers in fantasy this season? Yeah, uh, this is a good one because he's in the news today. Uh, Kadarius Tony, Hyvitz, did you see kind of what was going on with this on Twitter today? Uh, Kadarius Tony is in people's DMs responding to Twitter trolls. By the way, don't don't DM athletes and talk shit to them. First of all, it's like the most pathetic thing I've ever could imagine. Um, <laughs> But also, if you're a professional athlete, don't respond to them with <laughs> voice memos. Like, what are you doing? Uh, so, yeah, he's he's basically been talking trash with a bunch of Giants fans who don't like him for obvious reasons because he's, like, talking a bunch of shit about the Giants lately. He found all of my burners. It's crazy. Every <laughs> know, single one. you, Heifetz? Every um, single burner. I, now I need to make more. But, yeah, specific to Tony, though, I mean, honestly, obviously, we've seen the talent, the natural talent of him on the field. Like when he's playing more than five snaps, he has shown the ability to, you know, not only get deep, but like get by guys, make it ridiculous catches, make guys miss, like all the stuff you want to see from a receiver. Um, but he's just been in so insanely, incredibly, incredibly inconsistent. Well, I was going to save this for the take purge. And then I realized that it's the most mainstream take possible, which is I think Kadarius Tony will be a top 10 wide receiver in fantasy this year by points per game. <laughs> and we'll just see how many games he plays. Five games. Like he'll get like twenty five over under. What yeah. do you think the over under is? Should be for the amount of games oh, he plays. We should. I guess it would be pretty bad if we had like injury related over unders on Fandle's. Well, but but if we could set yeah. a line, yeah. If we asked Fandle for a line, what would it be on games played? Eight? Games or like starts? Because you know, like a guy gets hurt and then he plays like, you like know, real games. five snaps, like the Super Bowl. Right. Starts, dude. I would set it at six and a half. <laughs> yeah. Would you take the over on six and a half games for Tony? Uh, yeah, but I won't feel good about it. Because for context, even though I, you know, not the biggest fan, um, hence why I was in the DMs. But Tony, how many, he's played, he started eight, eight games in his career. <laughs> Are you serious? He's been on the injury. I think, I swear uh, to God, there's no record for this, but I think he would have the record for most separate injury designations through two years of his career. How do you have eight different body it's parts like, on your career <laughs> injury port in like two seasons? It's like heavy Gilmore. I was the only guy who took off my skate and stabbed someone. So, you know, there's that. Other than him, because we talk about him all the time, who else is like a bigger, like a boom bust? So, yeah, I, I think Tony's obvious. Um, the other guys that I had on my list that kind of, I think, are just a really wide range of outcomes. Debo Samuel. I mean, obviously, a couple of years, if you go a couple of years back, you know, he was, I think, the number two receiver in football. Just incredible. He was He was a cheat code, essentially like, what we talk about with all these quarterbacks right these days is he was essentially a running back and a receiver in one roster spot back um, back in 2021 when he scored. I believe he scored like eight or nine rushing touchdowns, plus he had 1,400 yards receiving. Just absolutely <laughs> ludicrous usage and, and production. But then last year, 
things kind of fell apart. He was hurt. You know, there was some some indication that maybe he came in out of shape and overweight. Well, no, not even he indication. He talked about it. I actually, every right, year we make right. fun of the guys in August who are like, I'm in the best shape of my life. And Debo is <laughs> one of the like, Fuck that. small handful. Is like, yeah, yeah, I was out of shape last year. I was really mad about my contract. And I'm like, thank you for the honesty, someone. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but, and, and now there's reports, which of course happen every time uh, or every year at this time of year that he's in the best shape of his life. He's talking about, you know, slimming down and being more explosive. And he he looks at himself from last year. And this is, I think, in the same interview that you're talking about, Heifetz, where he's just like, oh, I just make myself sick looking at myself. I got to get more explosive. <laughs> and so I think Debo Samuel is the classic boom bust because obviously we've seen what his upside is. We've seen what he can do um, in the right role. Um, and if we see someone like Christian McCaffrey get hurt, which, you know, Hopefully that doesn't happen, but it has happened in a couple of years um, in his career. And so, you know, if, if if McCaffrey goes down, I think Debo's ceiling is automatically like massively, massively high. And but if Christian McCaffrey stays healthy, I think he's pretty capped because I think they brought Christian McCaffrey in in part at least to take some of those rushes away from him, obviously because he wanted <laughs> I, to. Yeah, I hope so. Well, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean that's obvious, but like part of his his mini quasi holdout or whatever was like I don't want to be a running back, you know. Yeah, um, that was good call. And so, uh, yeah, I think he he's another guy that has extreme range of outcomes. I think uh, Christian Watson was a guy that came to my mind when I when this question was asked. Basically, like he's another guy that just really relying on big plays, um, super explosive, super fast. But I don't know, you know, what this offense is going to look like for the Packers with Jordan Love at quarterback. You know, is he going to be super run heavy type offense where they kind of try and ease Jordan Love in? Obviously, going from you know, one of the all-time great quarterbacks of all time and Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love, who we've seen play like five quarters or something. Um, you know, there's just a lot of question marks there. So I'd put him in that boomer bust window. And then the last guy I'll mention is Mike Williams, who, again, like, seems like there's stretches of time where he's like top three receiver in the NFL, it feels like, and you're playing with Justin Herbert. And then there's other stretches where he either disappears or he's hurt. Well, it's not just Mike Williams. You know who the biggest boom bust receivers are this year other than Tony? It's Who's everyone that? named Mike. Like all <laughs> oh, the Mike's Mike are kind of like the ick. It's not Mike. It's just it's just the icks. It's like Mike. Imagine if your team had the following receivers: Mike Evans, Mike Williams. Oh, Mike Evans is Michael a great or one, yeah. Mike Thomas and Michael Pittman. Can you imagine <laughs> if your team is all four of those guys. All of those guys are like weirdly like the same. You're like, oh my god. It's a good point. Something there. I don't know what's that. What that's all about. But yes, uh, I'm with you. All the Mikes, and and we are calling Michael Thomas Mike now. We should we should start calling Pittman Mike too. Well, I will say, I think Michael Thomas has been Mike his whole life, but then it's just like officially, but I don't know. We can't I know that. I know that. My point was more just like no one wrote it in the press, Mike Thomas. And then all of a sudden, it would never everyone bother started you writing if you Mike. We're not previously poisoned <laughs> against this. Against I mean, this I changed my name like mid midlife. So it's not like I would get mad if he wanted to change his name. I just, no one just told did, me. Though. No one You've told me. You've been mad for a month. No one told me that Michael Thomas wanted us to call him Mike. In fact, I don't think that happened. People just did it. They started doing it for some reason. I don't know. I can't believe I'm defending Mike <laughs> Thomas. I don't want to be in this position. Anyway, Mike Thomas. We're out on the mics. All right, TK. This is from Rio. Rio. If there was a guy going, making it up, seventh round or later, that mm -hmm. next year is like a top 30 pick, who's like a couple guys that that could be? Just looking at this year, who, who are guys in the top 30? Several of them are previously highly drafted running backs. That kind of broke out last year. For instance, Travis Etienne, Brees Hall, and so the two, a couple of guys that come to my mind here, and Javante Williams. This is sort of like a post type guy. If Javante Williams can like down the stretch this this year, number one, show that he's back and healthy, 
And number two, sort of like the number one running back on this team, the lead back, he's going to get a lot of work in the passing game. I could see him ending up being like a top four round guy or whatever, top three round guy next year, just based on projected usage, just based on the fact that he's going to be more healthy going into next year. So he's the first guy that comes to mind. Um, And then if you want to throw in a few of these rookie running backs, Kendra Miller for the Saints, if Jamal Williams is gone, um, if Alvin Kamara is gone, going into next year, like Kendra Miller could be, you know, the projected number one in this offense and and depending on what he does this year. And Kai's going go frogs again. Um, Another TCU guy. I think he's he's kind of a sneaky guy that could sneak up into the top 30 next year. Tajay Spears, if Derrick Henry retires um, or is traded or whatever, like ends up on a different team, not traded, but ends up on a different team. Or just um, runs for like 1,900 yards again and we're like, yeah, but he's probably done. <laughs> this, this is the time. This is right. the last one. Right. Um, and then at quarterback, Anthony Richardson, if he just goes off rushing, like it's going to be hard not to pick him really, really highly. Now, there's a caveat that like, you know, you have to be like basically a top one or two quarterback to go top 30. So that might not happen. But I think if he, you know, does like a Cam Newton rookie year type performance, then all bets are off. So those are some of the guys that brought to my mind. Um, who did you have in mind, Heifetz? I think those are all good picks. I, I just, you mentioned Henry. Darcy emailed us like, who's the new Larry Fitzgerald, a.k.a. the guy who's 400 years old and you assume will fall off but wins you the league every year as a fourth round pick. I'm like, well, it's going to be Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry ran for 1,900 yards last year and we're like, ugh. God, <laughs> and I'm like, well, he's the third oldest running back in the league. I'm like, well, he's going to just keep doing this forever. Is there a world in which the the Titans' offense is just way better than we're thinking it's going to be? Because I think right now the worry is Tannehill is cooked and the receivers suck. But if Tannehill number and the one, line is not great either, right? If the line improves or is just average at whatever, I think Tannehill is better than everyone makes him out to be. Still, I think he's one of those guys that's sort of just underrated every year. Really. We're still on this. Tannehill's underrated. He got the he. Oh, he's everyone knows Tannehill is underrated. So like he's now properly rated. Yeah, but we're still underrating him. I feel like. I mean, he no no one's fucking talking about him. He's like hurt. He can't even move it. And everybody thinks that the the Titans offense is going to be just atrocious, which it might be. Granted, but I mean, look, Heifetz, we have him ranked as a QB twenty eight. That's just insulting. I don't want (laughs) it. That's below Jimmy Garoppolo. (laughs) You know why? There's twenty seven quarterbacks I'd rather have. I, I would disagree with that wholeheartedly. Um, in fact, I have him ranked the highest among us. Um, so we, we can just skip like the top 15. It's like, all right, Jalen Hurts, Mahomes, Josh Allen, Burrow, Lamar, Justin Fields, Herbert, Lawrence, Dak, yeah. Daniel Jones, Tua, you know, Deshaun Watson, Kirk Cousins, Geno Smith, Jared Goff. That's okay. That's 15. Anthony Richardson, Rodgers, Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. Stafford, all of them were upset. That's 19. I, give me Kenny This is Pickett. like about where I start taking Tannehill. You take, you take Pickett over Tannehill? Yeah, because Kenny Pickett can still... Kenny Pickett's like You're taking younger like, Tannehill. He can run. He can move. What if the Steelers are good? What, if the, what George Pickens is one of the best receivers in the league? What about like Jordan Love? Who are you taking there? I think Jordan Love might be good. You mentioned the Packers earlier. I think Jordan Love could suck. I think it's really weird that Jordan Love took a contract this offseason that essentially bets against himself. It's like we're in this era where everyone bets on themselves. Jordan Love basically like took like less money for like security. It was really weird because... He basically was like, just in case I'm awful and never get another deal from anyone, I want this money up front, which <laughs> right. maybe that's smart. I don't know. But it was really weird that he was not like, I'm the guy. I'm going to keep this job. Having said that, he also has a cannon. He's been sitting for three years. And I think sitting for quarterbacks is super underrated. Roger sat, Mahomes sat, Brady sat, Breeze sat. Like almost every quarterback except like Luck and Lawrence, who's been good, 
in the last 20 years, almost all of them ended up sitting. Mm. And then the, unless you went to like the best, most talented team like Dak or Russell Wilson did, but also like, I don't know. He could run I, the Packers offense. I, I think Jordan love, like actually that could be a good team. Purdy, like if he's healthy, like it's the 49ers still. I don't know. I, I just, I can't fathom taking Tannehill. <laughs> All right. Well, back to my point basically is there's a chance I think that the Titans offense could end up being better than we're assuming it is. And if that's the case, Derrick Henry's going to get a lot of points. It's going to score a lot of points, right? And so um, this is the answer to the question you asked is who's the new Larry Fitzgerald? Derrick Henry's still up there. Travis Kelsey. The guy that I that came to my mind is James Conner. I don't even know how old he is. It just seems like he's really old. He might not even be that old. Um, but James Conner is kind of this forgotten guy because he's on this Cardinals offense that everyone's He was 28. He got DiCaprio two years ago. Yeah, I mean, he's 28, which is really old for a running back. But And he's like slow, just kind of like really big guy. Uh, I think he's the type of player that could just get the <laughs> massive, massive amount of volume. And it just it's won't the biggest matter. player in the Cardinals. <laughs> they have Kyler Murray and then like, Five receivers who are under five nine. Rondell Marquise Moore. Brown. Marquise Brown is like 160 pounds. Marquise <laughs> Brown was the first receiver taken in that draft in uh, 2019, right? And the entire conversation around Marquise Brown was, is he too small to be a first rounder? He is the biggest receiver on the Cardinals. I don't even think of him as small anymore, just because relative to these other guys. Uh, Greg Dorch is like five six. But it's Mission Impossible with Tom Cruise. They have to get like short actors, right? Because they can't have people who are too tall around Tom Cruise. Do you think the Cardinals <laughs> have done that with Kyler Murray? Where they can't have anyone like wait? Like they can't get Mike Evans on the Cardinals because they'll just tower. Sure. I think that's it's possible. <sighs> if Craig was here, he would have liked that. Damn. <laughs> oh, Craig. Oh, we miss, we miss you, Craig. Craig is like maybe listening to this on a beach in Maui. Like, nice hype. <laughs> All right. On that note, you want to get to some dumb, stupid emails? Let's do that. All right. We asked uh, a couple weeks ago at this point, we asked for people, songs or bands that licensed their music to like a commercial or TV and it like ruined their reputation. And now it's like all you think about with that song or band or whatever is like that commercial. We got good emails. Hmm. So a few off the top that were good. Mike, uh, I guess Le- Mike. Chevrolet, Mike, Chevrolet using like a rock. This is a great example. I don't even, I honestly, I, I thought they, they wrote the song for Chevrolet. I do. Yeah, same. I thought it was and, a jingle. I don't. I honestly don't know if I knew it was a, like a real song. <laughs> I'm not a big Bob Seger fan. Apologies. Josh sent this in. Shout out, Josh. Josh. I thought "Lust for Life" by Iggy Pop was the jingle for Carnival Cruise Lines. <laughs> I had no idea that was like a whole other song. Oh, that one I knew was a real song. I, don't, I actually I don't remember seeing these commercials. I also thought Iggy Pop was like made up. I didn't realize that was a real person. I thought that was like a fake person that like the Simpsons and like had made up. Like uh, Russell Bland's uh, character from. (laughs) Yeah, Aldous Snow. I literally thought thought he was like, oh, that's not a real person. (laughs) All right, but this is now we're in the meat of it. Tyler wrote in to say the entire Shrek soundtrack, everyone associated with Shrek. Mm -hmm. But but I think that stuff kind of helped them. Yeah, so this was uh, Smash Mouth wrote. all-Star, which I 100% just associate now with this Shrek movie, for sure. But but that didn't also, hurt it, though. Everyone loves the Shrek soundtrack. Well, here's how I think about it, because it's not necessarily that it makes them less famous or they don't like the movie. It just, to me, it, like, taints the image of them as, like, a band. To me, I don't know what I'm... Like, it's hard you to know explain. You know what? You're an 80s guy, and I don't know what the hell was going on in the 90s, but, like, I feel like people of your generation 
selling out has like it's like the the lowest level of hell is like for people who like sold out. Well, I don't actually feel that way like too hard. I mean, I wouldn't I I wouldn't say it like this. Sometimes it like doesn't help, but he, he, literally though, Heifetz, here's like here's what I think about when I think of Smash Mouth. Number one, the Shrek soundtrack, and number two. <laughs> them like trolling people on Twitter. Like the Smash Mouth, the Smash Mouth Twitter account is just like into politics. Those are the two, I don't even like, are they still banned? Do they still play music? Are they, do they tour? Are they on the uh, casino circuit? I think, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I went to see a Springsteen concert and the next concert they were having was Nickelback, who's okay. also on tour, just following Bruce Springsteen everywhere. So, yeah. I mean, I'm yeah, Smash Mouth. This is the best one though for like bands that like change who you think of them. Mm. This is from Jerry. Jerry. As a big fan of The Who, I am so sad that a great song, Who Are You, will forever be associated <laughs> with David Caruso pulling down his sunglasses on CSI. This is so fucking good. This is the exact, this is a perfect example of what I was talking about. Dude, yeah, it's Horatio Kane, like, <laughs> like this like guy's like strangled by his like pocket watch, and then Horatio <laughs> Kane takes off his shades, like, I guess someone ran out of time. It's like, yeah! <laughs> yeah! So abrupt, like a smash to the to the intro music. I there's a supercut on YouTube of just all the CSI Miami intros with the one liners. And he's like, Horatio, we found this woman with an ice pick through her skull. She's been in the freezer all week. And he's like, I guess this is a cold case. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. This is uh, another good reference to uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall where he's like, ouch. <laughs> Talk about Dixical. <laughs> oh God. That is so good. This is the perfect, perfect example because that is 100% what I think about now when I hear that song. I, can you imagine like listening to that song on like <laughs> in your headphones? <laughs> I can't imagine. It's Ironically. Like, you can't listen to these songs anymore. Imagine listening to Like a Rock in your headphones. <laughs> like, I, it, you just can't do it. It doesn't work anymore. Email us, uh, ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com if anyone has other songs that, what really, that's what we're looking for. It's like, imagine listening to that in it your car. It ceases to be a real song. It's now a commercial. That's, <laughs> Dude, that you know is what, the definition. You know what did it for me is Westworld had a cue like once every three episodes for Paint It Black by the Rolling Stones. Mm. And it has killed that song for me. I just can't imagine ever putting that on a playlist and listening right. to Similarly, it. Similarly, this is a good, this is a good, it's not a TV or something, but we got an email from Trent who made a great point. Trent. Isaiah, we're like the same age, so if, if you have thoughts on this, please. Good Riddance by Green Day was ruined because on every single goodbye anything, every time you graduated, like, or every time you like left a grade, every time you camp, like a camp ended, anything you ever did, they put together a slideshow, prom, whatever, and they put together like a slideshow video and it was always Good Riddance by Green Day was the mm. thing playing over the slideshow for like my entire life. And now if you just, you cannot just play that song now. I hope you had the time of your life. Yeah, for sure. This is the new age version of Vitamin C's Graduation, which was my generation. I mm. mean, you know that song? Um, but yes, 100%. You can't take that song seriously anymore at all. I have nothing else to say about that. I, I just, I'm just <laughs> thinking about all the slideshows. Like everyone just used that song. Dude, Green Day, honestly, though, gets a bad rap. Like, dude, American Idiot was the first song I had on my iPod. My iPod. I got There were three songs on it, and it was American Idiot, and I had Vertigo by U2. But Vertigo starts with Bono being like, Uno, dos, tres, catorce, which is like 14 in Spanish. But I was like eight years old, <laughs> what, so I thought two, that, that three, meant 14? four. I yeah. thought Catorce was four in Spanish till I was like 20. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I used to get so mad about that too. I was just so stunned that Bono was Irish though. Cause that was like the first thing I ever heard was vertigo. And I I'm thought like, the okay, Europeans cool. were supposed to be better at languages. 
I know. you know, than us, than us Americans, us stupid, like one language Americans. This is an excellent segue, Hyvitz, because we got an email from Arturo, who not only does know that four is quattro, not catorce. Uh, but so Arturo <laughs> says, and this is something to do with good riddance. He says, English is not my first language. And I only started using it regularly when I moved to the U.S. in high school. All throughout high school, college, and deep into my career, I would say goodbye to people using the phrase good riddance. <laughs> Since the word good is in it, I always thought it was a warm way to end the conversation until I found out I was wrong two weeks ago. I'm 36 years old. <laughs> good, good riddance. I just love this so much. This guy's been telling like coworkers and bosses like leaving for the office, for leaving for the night, and they're good like good riddance. riddance. This is like saying bon voyage or like, you know, I don't even know what the version in Spanish is, but like, you know, it, it makes a lot of sense when you think about it, it logically. It like he's saying good yeah, to, bon like, voyage like an to be rid of you. Like, good, yeah. it's good. You know, this but guy's the, like picking yeah. up a girl from her house to have a date and telling <laughs> her dad, like, riddance. good riddance. <laughs> I love that he's like signing like business emails. Good riddance. <laughs> this is a classic one. Uh, we got a lot of these misused phrases and idioms, by the way. So this is this this podcast part <laughs> is also just a clearinghouse for us, like going back in some of the inside jokes that we had, asked you guys to email us about. We got a bunch of these misused phrases um, <laughs> and idioms that people have been using like their whole life and not realizing that they're completely fucking up. I think the the prompt we had was uh, take it for granted was something that you hear a lot of people say for some reason. Uh, anyway, from Eric, 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 Eric. Uh, one of my friends wrote in a group text that it was a doggy dog world instead of dog eat dog world, which <laughs> doggy I love. dog. Uh, the, my favorite one that I, I was literally just like cackling. This one's from Greg. Greg with two G's. A couple years 60% ago, G. my wife and I wanted to have a date night, so my brother-in-law offered to have my two daughters spend the night at his apartment downtown. My bro my daughters were two and six years old, which is a very key part of this story. Two years old and six years old. So Greg's brother, his apartment is a small studio, and one of the girls had a cold. So I asked how he was going to handle the sleeping arrangements. He assured me it wouldn't be a problem since he had an air mattress and the girls would go ass to mouth. <laughs> Can't even read it. <laughs> this guy's what? brother told him that his two daughters are going to go ass to mouth. Uh, Greg in the email stipulates that he basically said, come again? Like, what the fuck did you just say to me? Uh, apparently, Greg's brother spent the first 33 years of his life believing the phrase going ass to mouth was another way of saying sleeping head to foot. <laughs> After Greg explained it, what it actually meant, and Greg's brother fact-checked it on Google and presumably Pornhub, he assured me he would never use that term in connection with my daughters again, my two-year-old and six-year-old daughters. Jesus! I think this whole thing has just made me more afraid of like that there are other phrases I'm still using. <laughs> this is uh, like Hyphens, by the way, used the, the term run a train with like a professor. Yeah, I didn't run train. Oh, I just lost it. Dude, because all right, running train. I just thought it meant you know, getting run over by a train. And I told a professor, they're like, how's the test? I'm like, ran train on me. I'm like, I thought it meant I got run over by a train. How am I supposed to know? Dude, I, that was bad. But I'm afraid I have more of those. Yeah, I am too. I'm afraid I, that you do too. Um, dude, this, I mean, great. Well, ask to mouth. He, that one, he, that one, <laughs> just like, that's, couldn't mouth. be clearer. <laughs> Come on, man. Jeez. Uh, uh, um, all right. We should probably also talk about <laughs> what a transition, ask the mouth. We should yeah. probably talk about Craig's wedding. Oh, God. 
that, dude. <laughs> You're the, the transition king. That was not so Do we good. have to cut that? I don't know. <laughs> uh, we'll figure that, like the no, beginning. We'll figure that out later. That. That's good. Uh, <laughs> Craig's wedding. Um, can't confirm. Craig has a lot of friends. He wasn't he lying. A lot of good friends. A lot of... Dude, that wedding was insanely fun. A lot of dancing. The I would say the wedding, there was a really cool, I think, twist on the normal structure of a wedding where they did the wedding ceremony. They had like a little happy hour. And then they got they brought everybody into like the dining hall and everybody they just made everybody dance for like an hour. Yes. The flow, and- it was the best flow <laughs> for a wedding I've ever been to. Yeah. Which and also shout out, just they they really love each other, which was super cute, actually. They're like Yeah, genuinely yeah. like you could tell. Uh, these two people love each other very much and the whole whole family, all the families love each other, like just love, love, love is so Wait, awesome. Wait, hold on, hold on. Really Kai, cool as we're talking about how much the couple loves each other, Kai just DM'd us to say, I'm still waiting for my invite because Kai <laughs> is like 23 and still thinks everyone should be invited to their freaking wedding. I have no idea what's coming for you, bro. You have no idea what's coming down the pike. It's like, uh, it, let me interrupt the love. <laughs> but I wasn't there, Kai says. It's like... I <laughs> uh, love it. Um, uh, it was it was awesome though. But yeah, the flow was like the reception, which was beautiful, right into mm-hmm. cocktail hour, and then uh, into like the you know the room where you you know sit down with the dinner and stuff. And intro- like they introduced, they brought them in, and then what happened? They they made like one little speech. They just did Craig and Liz's first dance, and then we all danced together, sat back down, salad, yeah. father daughter dance, then like the two speeches and then dinner. And I was like, this is great. It's like dance, food, dance, food. <laughs> they didn't want anybody great. to have like a belly full of food and like not want to dance, I think. Which Good I love. Flow. Good strategy. And it worked food really well. It was super fun. Uh, live band, which is awesome. Yeah. And then the there was like a the a, a room across where they basically, like the last song of the wedding, you're like, oh, and then instead of everyone kind of like, I feel like it ends up being like a mosh pit around the couple for the last song. <laughs> they like left the dance floor. And we were like, what? And then they're like, come on, come on, come on. And like no one knew what was happening. So we just follow them and they just run outside and they stop. And it's like a musical. I thought it was in like Mamma Mia. And they're like, come on, everybody. And then they <laughs> yeah, just the, usher totally. everyone into the after party, which yeah. they just like had it like, like an after, like a rave. And we just played Mr. Brightside. It did feel choreographed. It was like a musical, like a trope from a musical yeah. where everybody like runs into a different room and starts dancing. Uh, you know no, what the one part awesome. that sucked though? There was one, and I, if Craig's listening to this and Liz, I'm sorry. And anyway, if God, you know, Craig, Liz's parents listening, I'm sorry. The one part that sucked was Kai wasn't there. <laughs> yeah, I agree, actually. Like, I couldn't, uh, like, that was just, I mean, brutal. Big time snub. Big time snub. Oh, my God. Producer Kai. God. When Kai, when Kai heard about that. From Matt, Matthew wants to know the best and the worst moment of Craig's wedding weekend. Well, the worst was Kai. What do you, what do you think the best was? <laughs> Not being there. The worst moment was when it ended. How about that? And then the best moment, I don't know. That's a good question. I, there was a point in time where High Fitz Craig and I were jump dancing in a circle joyously to... Oh, the Tom Tom! The Tom the, Tom Club. The, the yeah, Tom Tom right. Club came on. That was crazy. Yeah, that they was super fun. at the after party. <laughs> and we just, I'm sure like to us, we're like, this is the greatest moment of our lives. And if anyone's seen it, like, this is the nerdiest fuck. Look at these three white guys, like getting four inches off the ground with the vertical. Like it probably would, but to yeah. us... One Granted, it probably. My it, life I'm guessing it wasn't Craig's Tom. favorite moment from the wedding, but it was definitely mine. I hope uh, his was like getting married, <laughs> right? Do you think? Like that would be. That would be. I actually was super concerned if that was his favorite moment from the wedding. <laughs> oh man. Oh, Anyways, yes, it was. It was super fun. Congrats to Craig and Liz. 
Uh, I'm very glad that they're enjoying their time off this week. All right. Craig, I think Craig will be back next week. We'll do a whole debrief with him. He can explain to Kai, you know, why Kai was so snubbed. It's ridiculous. Um, thank you to everyone for listening. Emails at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com for thoughts on any of the football stuff we talked about, but let's be real. Sayings that are being said wrong, icks. I, I cannot get enough of the icks. <laughs> the icks are so funny. But it can't be clear. It's like, you need to get them from women because the whole Wearing point is a that bike we just helmet. don't get it. <laughs> Watching him put on water shoes at a water park. The number of like head injuries after this from bike accidents is going to go. I up. know, yeah. Wear a helmet. You know what looks cool? No helmets, smoking cigs. That looks cool. That's cool, yeah. <laughs> All right. Fantasyfootball.theringer.com, ringerfantasyfootball.gmail.com. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig, for inviting us to his wedding. It was amazing. Thank you, Isaiah. For... And Liz. Oh, yeah. Li- well, sorry, yeah. Liz. <laughs> I don't know if Liz wants to be associated with anything <laughs> we just That's talked fair. about, honestly. But yeah, thank you, Liz, as well. Thank you, Isaiah, for production help. Thank you, Kai, for production help and producing this and inserting himself while we were trying to talk about how much they loved each other. <laughs> Thank you. Intern Jack right here. Yeah. Wait, come here. Intern Jack, come here. Are you upset that you were not invited to the wedding? No. <laughs> the right answer. <laughs> Thank you, Lauren. Uh, Thank you, The Who. Nice. Bob Seeger. Shouts to, to Bob Seeger, who I've never listened to, really. I confused him and Pete Seeger a couple weeks ago, and I feel like... <laughs> the Bob Seeger fans of our listenership are pissed. They hate us. No, we just pissed off all the Brian Adams people. That was my bad. All the Canadians were so freaking <laughs> That was valid. That. Yeah. Oh my, that that was, was That was bad. That was bad. Sorry about that, Canadians. All right. Goodbye, everyone. All right, hold on. I know I just said goodbye. We actually turned the mics back on. Wait, so Isaiah, who's here, you didn't know Dog Eat Dog World? Was <laughs> no, no I, I definitely have been saying it wrong. Like, I've probably said it like three times in my life. Definitely been saying it wrong. So it's Dog <laughs> Eats Dog? Yeah, Dog Eats Dog World. Like, it's competitive. You got to eat the other dog or something if you want to get ahead. Why do we pick dogs that don't eat dogs? <laughs> I feel there's a lot of other animals that eat each other. What is a doggy dog world? What What is the context you were saying? I don't saying know what that means either. I, I, don't, I think I was saying it not knowing what it meant and no, now I know I'm saying dog. it wrong. Did dogs completely. like used to eat dogs? Can't confirm. <laughs> not sure. I mean, probably at some point somewhere along the line. Dog eat. I've never thought. Of, I think the best part about that email was like that the person didn't just say it because if you say a quick dog eat dog world, like it does not, sound. They put similar. it in writing, right? And it looks so dumb when you put it in. Dog, oh yeah, dog, that's terrible. Doggy dog written out is hilarious. <laughs> that's a doggy dog <laughs> world. There's so many of these, by the way. So well, this other guy brought up the term height. Do you guys say this instead of height? Height. Height. What? What's your height? What? The f- Instead of sound British? What are you talking about? <laughs> Max said he's referred to how tall something is height. So H E I G H T H. I've heard this height? a lot. What's your height? Is that a thing? No, it's not a word. It's height. But, but it's a thing that people say that? Height? Yes. Yeah, it is. I've heard this a million times, by the way. You're, you know, you yeah, just started no. scratching high up on your face like you that used to do. That was my neck. It. I, scr- I scratched yeah. my neck. That's low. It's you low started on my like, head. Yeah, some people do it. And I'm like, that sounds like you until you read the email. I want to shout out a guy named Ryan, Ryan, who said he called pancakes panacakes for his almost his entire life, which I did too. My family, for some reason, called them panacakes. I think this is like a Midwest thing or something. Yeah, like P-A-N-A, cakes, panacakes. Anyway, my mom, my mom called them that. And then my dad finally was just like, we got to stop doing this. This this is not what they're called. They're called pancakes. You cook cakes in a pan. (laughs) Heifetz is speechless for the first time I'm ever. I'm speechless. Dude, I, I, 
if I w- if I didn't mispronounce more stuff here than anybody, I would make so much fun of you. <laughs> but I'm definitely like I think one of the reasons I got a job at the Ringer is Bill wanted someone who could like pronounce more words wrong than him. Like I, my pronunciation <laughs> dyslexia is like actually like much worse than Bill's. But definitely, le- I definitely have like the highest per <laughs> in the mispronunciation. So yeah, uh, love it. All right, goodbye. Actually, goodbye this time.